0: This is an AMI podcast.
1: I'm Kelly McDonald.
2: I'm Ramia Amazin, and this is Kelly and Ramya. Right now we're speaking about a theater performance. Crows Theater in Toronto is presenting Bad Roads. This is a play about the horrors um, of the Ukraine war that intertwines love, sex, trauma, loss, and resistance. Sounds like it's encompassing many many angles of the discussion and it aims to help us connect with the ukraine in ways that um, you know are not necessarily possible through the headlines about the wars and the articles we read and the political discussions so of course that's why we turn to art and right now we're thrilled to have ukrainian canadian andrew Kushner, who's also the director of bad roads to chat more about the production andrew thank you so much for making time to come on the show Thanks for having me. So let's talk about the inspiration. We want to, of course, get into the performance and the ins and outs of everything around that. But what was the inspiration around Bad Roads? When did it come to you and how?
0: I, uh, I'm coming on my one-year anniversary with this script. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was doing a lot of reading last fall in preparation for a series I curated at the Stratford Festival called Encountering Ukraine, Readings in Solidarity. And um, this was at the top of my list. I was so moved when I read this play. I was so disturbed by it. It's a truly visceral piece of writing. The kind of script you read and you can't shake. You dream about it. Uh, you you obsess about it. Uh, you wonder greatly about how you could possibly stage something of this nature. And then before long, you get obsessed and you hope and you crave to, uh, to actualize it. And so um, I've been living with the script for about a year and uh, and yet have been living now nearly 21 months with this full-scale invasion and what it's done to me and my community. And this is one of those uh, extraordinary opportunities where I can twin or in a way um, unify my work as a Ukrainian-Canadian activist and my work as a Ukrainian-Canadian theater maker. Uh, so this, this script really hits a
1: lot of um, my keen interests. Andrew, if you were directing this in two years, let's say, do you feel I, I, I mean i'm going to still imagine that what images that the way you want to bring it forward as vivid as you as it needs to be as real as it needs to be where do you feel acceptance are we at a time right now where people i'm never going to say they're ready to to have those dreams and think and wake up in the morning and think I can't get that out of my mind from seeing that play last night. Would you have more trouble putting it on now with people? Look, this is too soon. This is too raw for me. this is too whether it be producing it, getting it produced, or, or audience to come see it. Has there was there things as you over this last year said not just how the heck do I get this to the stage in this form this particular scene how with this impact do I deal with fallout or or what was there any problem any concern that made you almost say I don't think we're ready for this yet
0: I think it was a huge question with this piece was will people come you know it's one thing to say that we're going to offer this portal to Ukraine this this you know as so aptly put this piece of art that is uh, building a bridge, Uh, across the world to this war-torn nation, to the Ukrainian nation. Um, It's one thing to say we can build that bridge, but will people cross it Mm. with us? And I've been incredibly heartened by Toronto and Torontonians, not just Ukrainians in the diaspora here and Ukrainian Canadians in the diaspora, but uh, Canadians of all backgrounds coming together in this space at Crows and uh, bearing witness, you know, because at at the end of the day, that's what we're asking or what is being asked of us by the Ukrainian artist who created this work, Natalia Vorozhbit. She's asking us to bear witness to their experience, to their strife, to their grief, to their patriotism, to the ways in which war has mutated their society, yes. their relationships, the ways in which they go about their daily lives, raising their kids, being with their partners, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And so it's a big ask. you know. I, Natalia, I think even in and of herself knows it's a big ask to invite uh, audiences from away to sit in that. And I've been very moved. We've had sold out after sold out, after sold out performance at Crows, and we've extended the show by a week because the demand was there. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, even though uh, you know, again, you, you put it so um, so so uh, aptly that we live in war torn and war worn times. There's a lot of war going on right now, mm-hmm. and we could absolutely, in this part of the world, uh, put our blinders on and and sort of uh, try to step away from this reality because we have the privilege to, and I've loved the fact that we have, uh, you know, this abundance of community members that are actually showing up and saying, you know what, I want to understand this better. Right. I'm willing to witness.
2: And how is that happening? Mandar uh, obviously the, the interpretation or the putting down on paper or speaking to us about it is not ideal in terms of, you know, how to experience this, the experience is to go and check out the actual performance but i am curious yeah. if you were to kind of walk us through what is happening in the performance or how is it portrayed that people are um wanting to willing to and afterwards leaving the performance feeling like yeah it's more than just the headlines and we're understanding
0: yeah well, it's the beauty of theater, right? It's mm-hmm. that we go about it together. It's it's not a singular. Well, in a way, it's a singular experience. You have your own personal encounter with the play, but at the end of the day, you're doing it alongside others.
2: Shared, yeah. Right?
0: We're shoulder to sh- we're sh- shoulder to shoulder with other Torontonians in the dark, receiving the vibrations of this play in real time, in real space, and that is something that you cannot. I mean, talk about an immersive experience. Um, that's uh, about as close as you can come to. Uh, You know, shy of being in a living room, and I've been in living rooms with folks that have been resettled from Ukraine, you know, shy of having that sort of um, close encounter, this is a way through uh, through the arts, through the proxy of actors to encounter voices from far away. And I would say anybody who comes to the show, I think, will immediately be struck by the way we've configured the space. You're going to walk into what feels in part like a theater, but also an environment. Um, We've covered the floor in what is uh, mulch, but for us represents the the black, you know, extraordinary rich soil of Ukraine. Ukraine is known for its incredibly fertile, fertile soil. It's considered the breadbasket of Europe. And so what is it meant to have audience members walk into this environment that in a way feels like it's been perhaps transplanted or carried over from Ukraine in order to, again, give us that immersive, that very in-your-bones, in-your-kidneys kind of
1: experience of art? Um, I have to ask, Andrew, as you put this together, as you sit and watch audiences receive this, I wonder if more thought, Again, we go back to World War II, we go back to the Korean War, pl- wars that were so far away from us, and and mm-hmm. we'd hear the stories afterwards. Now, as you say, live time, that's happening around us. I almost sometimes feel, maybe I'm only speaking for myself, so much conflict in the world in places similar to here. And I wonder if so many of us are realizing this could be right here on our soil.
0: Well, what I know to be true is is it's interesting you raised the the Second World War. I I descend from the survivors of the Second World War, and in fact, by virtue of the kind of art I make and the kind of things that, kinds of things I research, I've I've been back to Ukraine. I've traveled the bad roads of Ukraine. In fact, to go to my uh, you know maternal grandfather or maternal fathers my my grandfather's um, village. You know, I've tried to reconnect with that part of the world, which is to this day, marked by that war, right. marked by decades and centuries of conflict. And the fact of the matter is, as much as we can feel the remove of it, perhaps, in Canada, we are surrounded by the descendants of that that space and time. You know, my my grandparents came to this country, raised my parents, who in turn raised me. I mean, I feel deep lineage to that history. And the more I dig and scratch at it, the more I understand why I was raised the way I was raised, why my community is the way it is, why we, you know, um, have been able, frankly, in this moment to really, really galvanize and fight the erasure that, that Russia is perpetrating right now, or the attempted erasure of Ukrainian people and Ukrainian lives. Because this is not a new story, you know, and if you pay attention to history and you look at the way you've been raised and the stories you've internalized, you realize this is a long story that we're all a part of. And we, we, it's living memory. It's in our midst. Yeah. And so um, I love the fact that the theater and this play in particular can kind of close the gap. It puts us into a starker proximity to something that may feel worlds away. But when you realize that a Ukrainian grandmother is contending with how to raise her granddaughter, which is one of the scenes in the play, you know, you realize that that is a pretty universal struggle. (laughs) You know, what does it mean to actually be a healthy family, Mm -hmm. be a healthy family in times of deep strife?
2: Well, Andrew, we have um, the trailer of Bad Roads we want to share with our listeners and viewers. So let's get to that, and then we'll continue talking.
0: Wonderful. The ways in which Bad Roads cracks open what's happening a world away. It uses human story, human relationship, you know, the dynamics of, of how we navigate complex situations. We get to experience that in real space and time.
1: And in this play, I think there's a lot about the unspoken changes that people go through whether it's being attracted to someone who they normally wouldn't be attracted to or you find yourself crossing moral lines that you had drawn in the sand there is a tremendous amount of humor in the piece but it's contextual humor is is essential uh for sanity and the moment i think we feel that characters lose or lack humor in their situations, the more we feel that they're on edge, that they are uh, in trouble.
0: I'm trying to personally remove judgment on, on what my characters are going through and trying to understand why they are making those choices. For them, it can seem like this is... The only choice I have to get to where I need to get to next. You know, this play is so much about love, I've discovered. Of course it's about war, but it's so much about love and how love is mutated and impacted by war.
1: I think bad roads are choices. Drama is made of bad choices. So this drama is made
2: of bad roads. I wanna go to that humor piece. Um it's so interesting because a lot of times, I think we talk about humor being healing, um, humor after conflict, humor in the way that you re remember an argument with your partner or with a family member, you know, kind of breaking that ice, right? Um, and it, it, well, for me, it almost seems far fetched to think of humor in the sense of war, in the sense of this scale of devastation is there anything you want to say to that andrew and this is not me resisting the idea this is just like wow that is so you know beyond my my current capability to even understand how to think of humor in these ways
0: yeah i know i think we often think of humor being something that comes after and i think ukraine and other contexts uh and i can speak to a few other examples i think i think there are context wherein humor is not the after it's the through Mm -hmm. and it's very much how people cope with the senseless with the incomprehensible um humor is a way to keep in touch with some sort of tender bit of our humanity in the face of forces that are trying to eradicate it and so humor is survival you know humor as as diego puts it humor has something to do with sanity Mm. um you know when we can um laugh together it's like we're we're shaking something off or trying to at least and i think something that uh, anybody who's been following for instance the meme culture out of ukraine since the full-scale invasion i mean humor is alive and well for ukrainians you know even as they are confronted by you know all of this genocidal violence they're going how do we keep human how do we keep from feeling like we are being hollowed out and sometimes laughter is the best medicine Yeah, you know day to day um exactly and and i'd say this play the humor is something you got to squint your ears for you know it's not uh this is not a rollicking comedy by any stretch of the imagination right. it's a very very if if we can even touch the word comedy it's a dark dark comedy but i'm reminded of other you know contexts I, I just worked on a piece called Casey and Diana at the Stratford Festival and we're remounting that this coming year you know that was the the play takes place in an aids hospice you know this is in the in the early 90s right it's it, it's a really heavy context and yet my goodness the humor that that environment elicited in order to survive mm. again the unfathomable.
2: And it forces um, us to take take that angle right to let our minds go there to heal. Andrew, we got to wrap with you. I'm so sorry. I yeah. wish we could keep talking about oh, this but yeah. it's, it's brilliant. Thank you so much for your time and all the best.
1: And for bringing Thank us to so us much. Andrew. It's yeah. tremendous. Well
0: I I really appreciate you spotlighting. I appreciate it a lot.
2: Thank you. We were speaking with uh, Andrew Kushner. We were talking about Bad Roads, which which he's the director of. And it is, of course, highlighting um, the war uh, in Ukraine and everything else around it, the different angles.
0: Hi, I'm Stephen Scott. Join me every day for Double Tap. It's a show where we occasionally talk about technology for blind and partially sighted people. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts.